welcome to another episode of Ryan's Method Passive Income Podcast. Here's your host, Ryan Hogue. Hey guys, thanks for joining me today. I'm joined by Gregory from Empire Flippers, and we're going to be talking about potentially, you know, whenever we are ready to exit our print-on-demand business. And by the way, it doesn't have to be print-on-demand business. I know, you know, it can be like FBA, or maybe you can shed some more light on what other businesses people are buying and selling on Empire Flippers. I guess we could talk about buying businesses as well. Uh, Gregory, thanks for being here, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, any online business we, uh, <laughs> we we treat in, we've sold hundreds and hundreds of businesses at this point. So SaaS, e-commerce, POD, uh, FBA affiliate, you name it, even Kindle businesses, which is probably the weirdest mm. business model we sell. I, I don't ever see any other broker talking about that, but we crush it. <laughs> we just recently sold a seven figure KDP business. So, uh, but yeah, any, any digital business. Can I uh, ask like what uh, sort of a multiple did the um, buyer pay on that KDP business? That's a good question. I don't know it off the top of my head, but I want to say it's probably a 36, 37x right around there. And that's uh, monthly EBITDA. So yeah. if any, any of your audience is uh, familiar with other brokers, like they usually use annual, we use monthly. So mm-hmm. if you ever see someone see use like big multiples like that, they're probably a fan of Empire Flippers. <laughs> yeah, let me, uh, let me show on my, I'm going to share screen just for a second here because I had um, in the past, well, this is what really sparked my interest, honestly, in Empire Flippers initially was someone sold an Amazon merch business for, uh, let me see here. Let me hide that branding. They had sold yeah, it at 27. a 27X yeah. multiplier and sold it for $234,000. And I do believe this was in like 20, maybe 17 or 2018. And so I was like, that put Empire Flippers on my radar right away and really piqued my interest in like scaling up my businesses as far as I could possibly uh, take it. Yeah, I was seeing that multiply and immediately thought that was probably an older listing because multiples have gone so dramatically up over the last two years, along with like a lot of things. But mm-hmm. uh, in the case of online businesses, there's a difference versus like everything else that was happening in the last two years. Like with mm-hmm. online businesses, I think we're reaching this point of maturity where people are starting to uh trust it as an investment asset like an alternative asset like you would mm-hmm. with like an uh, like a more traditional offline business so but yeah it's, uh the merch businesses are cool i think uh we, we, you and i were talking offline i think the biggest print on demand and i might be wrong on this because it's been a while since i looked at it, but i think the biggest print on demand business we sold was uh right around like 530k i think that's correct i don't think it was a merch by amazon business there i think it was like not teespring but something similar in, gotcha. in, in that alignment yeah. And um, I'm guessing maybe they oftentimes with our print on demand businesses, we might like upload to multiple platforms. I'm guessing maybe they like mm. uploaded to multiple platforms and, uh, you know, maybe just included those accounts to. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure they did. <laughs> it's a good strategy. Yeah. yeah. So that's really interesting, man. And um, for people watching, uh, you know, I know there's like mixed feelings when it comes to the thought of selling businesses because. Maybe sometimes Amazon might write in that like you're not technically supposed to to, to do this, right? Um, is there any? So they like, did that with uh, you can drop on that. Yeah. First off, it is Amazon cannot stop you from selling your business. There's absolutely nothing they can do. It's against the law. Like they have to allow you to do it. So we got into this argument with them back in 2016 when we first started selling Amazon FBA. We were like 
the first broker that did it. Like I, I still remember uh, sellers, like entrepreneurs asking like, why should I choose you with this when I could choose this other person? And our, our salesperson would take a screenshot of their website that said Amazon FBA coming soon. Like, well, maybe this is why they're not even doing it yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, so Amazon would say like, oh, you can't sell these FBA businesses. You can't sell accounts, blah, blah, blah. And they're not wrong. You can't sell an account, but you can sell a business. And th- this is a nuance of difference. So what Amazon is trying to tell you is, they don't want you selling a bunch of accounts to fraudsters that are going to use all this black hat manipulation right. stuff on their platform who are basically breaking the terms of service so often that they need to buy accounts because they're burning through those accounts right. so quickly, right? So that's what they're trying to prevent. That's what they mean you can't buy an account. But when it comes to buying a business or selling a business, they're 100% okay with it. Like the process is a bit tedious. You definitely have to tell Amazon because otherwise it'll like set off the fraudulent alerts or whatever. You don't want that to happen. That's a bad day for both the seller and the buyer if that happens, right? Uh, so you want to keep Amazon in the loop of what's going on. But as long as you do that, they're usually fine. Um, you you know, you might get a low-level customer service person that is a bit confused at first, but you go up the chain and eventually like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, of course, right? So buying and selling FBA business became like a multiple billion dollar industry in the last two years. Like, yeah. uh, like we have, I have a friend at Amazon that specifically comes to me to, like learn more about the people buying the businesses. So they're definitely cool with it. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I that was something that was news to me. I had somebody that I crossed paths with the benefit of having a YouTube channel, right? People come and like find me and tell me all these <laughs> interesting things. And um, they mentioned that like, I don't know exactly how to frame it, but like basically there were like businesses, business entities coming together with like the sole purpose of just like acquiring FBA businesses, like rolling them up underneath. And I think one company even like went public and maybe that's how they hit that billion dollar mark in like market capitalization. So none of them have gone public yet. As far as I know, there there is one that was public before they switched to the model, uh, which I think that was Mohawk. But there's a couple like Thrasio and Perch both hit a billion dollar like private valuation based on like money earned or money raised rather um which is cool you know like back in <clears throat> i want to say this was around 2018 we were predicting that these people would rise up uh we were calling them aggregators and that's eventually the mm-hmm. name that stuck for them so aggregators <clears throat> and everyone thought thrasio was the first one because they became the first like really big one but a lot of you don't realize like there was a, a ton before them and we know that specifically because they bought businesses from us and we watched them fail <laughs> so like they never bought again <laughs> they like they mm-hmm. didn't make it work but uh we always knew that model would eventually happen the classic MA roll-up model you know uh it is fascinating to watch a lot of them trying to become like the modern day procter and gamble uh which mm-hmm. obviously is a big task is a big challenge so I know that um, we've probably piqued some viewers' interest. Anybody who's still watching is probably like, okay, I want to know more about like the prospect of me selling my business. Uh, before we go there, though, I want to ask you, what is your personal take on where we are headed in the next you know, year and then maybe even like five years out in terms of people like exiting their more mm-hmm. passive online businesses? Like One of the great things with Print On Demand is it's even, I guess it's probably mixed, but I sell FBA, uh, I sell print on demand. Like I've done over a million dollars on both in sales. And I think print on demand to an extent can be less work than FBA. Even if you're just doing FBA and maintaining the SKUs you've got, uh, print on demand truly can be like, if you're not pushing it any further can be like very passive. So in terms of these like passive models, business models, like where do you see it headed in like the near future and maybe like five years out? Yeah. Yeah. I love print on demand for that, uh, that, 
what you just said, the passivity. Like, I think people get into FBA sometimes, like maybe they see the internet gurus promising like fast, quick, you know, passive income with FBA. Meanwhile, the my super successful FBA <laughs> friends are like burning their hair out with all, yeah. like, oh, I need no more, more, more inventory. <laughs> yeah, it's the exact opposite uh, of the, the dream. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. The more successful you become, the more stressful it becomes, right? Um, but with put on demand, I think these kind of businesses are always going to be hot in demand, especially if you're diversifying. So if you are only on, uh, say, Amazon with Merch by Amazon, that's great. That's fine. You can still sell the business. We sell them all the time. But if you are diversifying that into a real brand that's on multiple channels and diversified platforms, now you're really talking of something that is, one, very profitable, like I'm assuming if you're selling it, uh, and two is diversified. So if one platform does like say like, hey, no more or they you know slap your hand, you're fine because like maybe only like 20 percent of your revenue comes from that one platform. That's difficult to do. It's not like you have to do that to sell. Most businesses we sell are mono uh, uh, mono traffic, like one traffic channel. But mm -hmm. it's always good to diversify that way. But yeah, I think in general, these type of businesses are very attractive to a large swath of people like you just mentioned um you you, you built an fba business doing a million uh, in revenue a year right so like not quite a year but skills. over time <laughs> over time over time yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean more than most right like uh so you have some skill set there but yet these businesses are attracted to you and i have friends that are doing say 50 80k a month with like their affiliate websites or some e-commerce website and they'll still like look at doing stuff like this because it's just easy for them to do it's like you can automate a lot of it once you figure out what you're doing so these businesses are going to remain attractive over the next two five years for sure now macro to answer the other part of your question the macroeconomics do not look great right now <laughs> like things are okay. kind of like tumbling down a bit right uh which happens when bubbles pop and i think yeah that it's the bubble monetary policy pop. right rising interest yeah, rates yeah, that is becoming more expensive <clears throat> uh, yep and then there you have black swan events so like uh the coronavirus pandemic right that was a black swan event no one expected the world to get so torn up and reshuffled uh you have the stuff going on in ukraine right now which we haven't felt the full ripples effects of that but we will in probably another eight 12 months uh and hopefully it doesn't get worse because right now i think the prediction is pretty bad about what's going to happen in terms of you know supply chain and stuff like that but so all these black swan events i think with the monetary policy, with all the uh, issues that are happening and just the problems that existed before the pandemic that are now sped up much further, I think it's going to make for a really rough two years. Uh, I think a lot of businesses are going to close their doors uh, and it's going to be sad times. But there is good news mixed into that. Like if you are running a solid business with solid cash flow, that, you, that means you're running a business based on fundamentals. And most of the businesses that are going to get slaughtered are the ones who are not running on fundamentals. They're running on a dream, like grow at all costs kind of mentality. Yeah. It's kind of like Silicon Valley mentality, which yeah. usually does not end well for most of them. I mean, most of these entrepreneurs do not make an exit. They might raise billions, but they usually lose it in the end. Uh, so I think this is a good thing, is cleaning out this kind of system and for your listeners out there if you uh pursue if you keep uh being persistent throughout the next two years like the best businesses ever are always made in times like this so you, the competition is going to get less your ad cost is going to get less uh just in general you're going to make better move you're going to be able to make better moves than other people so next two years rough 
the next five years, like at the end of five years, everything is going to be great again. In my, in my view, like an online business is such a good business model because even if you're selling non-essentials, like it's still online, you can find the mm -hmm. people who will still buy it even during a recession. So it's fairly recession proof in that regard. No, I like that too. And you're right. Like I experienced that and I was transparent <laughs> about that in um, 2020 that my ads were well number one like the amount of money i was spending as a function of my ad budget dramatically increased because the cost of the bids was like yeah. much lower you know what i mean but um i think like it was more or less that like people literally disappeared like competition disappeared whether it was businesses closing or people just being out of inventory which then i'm not competing with them and so i was able to like slash a bunch of my mainly fba products uh, when i'm talking about advertising and stuff uh and i was able to like way dramatically reduce my ad spend uh which is great you know what i mean because it's still getting the yeah. products out there in front of people and uh, that was awesome <laughs> yeah i i mean that, that that's exactly right so like if you if you play like I, I tell people all the time like if business was a game of chess right king the king is your net profit you got to protect the net profit at all costs unless you're in silicon valley then you're operating in weird course, land yeah. <laughs> but, uh but like you gotta you gotta protect your net profit but there, the second piece is the queen, and the queen is your liquidity, and the queen makes all the winning moves in chess. So if you're conservative, if you're uh, like saving money as for your rainy day fund or what I like to call the oh shit day, like when Amazon changes the algorithm or Google changes the algorithm, you can hire someone to fix, you know, help you fix it. Then you're going to be in a very good position because most businesses don't do that. Most businesses grow like try to grow at all costs or addicted to it, and that leads them to very thin margins with very little liquidity and one thing that happens can cripple or destroy their entire business it's just because without liquidity, they don't have the flexibility to adapt. Right. Right. Yeah. And it's weird, man. I, I this is a tangent that I could go off on and talk about for a long time. <laughs> yeah. Me too. I, I, I really rail against entrepreneurs on this all the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Since 2020, I really took like a much bigger, like harder stance on like learning about like how the financial world works and all that stuff. And, it's like what you're saying is 100% true unless the businesses can grow to a point where it's like somebody deems them too big to fail, you know, or yeah, just, exactly. the capitalization yeah, is yeah. so high when they're publicly traded that it's like, okay, you're forgiven for not generating profit ever. You know, we're still going to have BlackRock, the, Vanguard, and State Street pump your that, stock price. You know? <laughs> that that, that <laughs> reminds so me of uh, there was this entrepreneur who he was telling me he, he models everything off of like Google. And I'm like, you shouldn't do that. Like, don't model your business off of Google. He's like, why? Like, because Google is so big, they can have zero customer service and still make you spend like 5K on an account that they suspended from you, like 5K a month. And there's mm -hmm. nothing you can do. Don't be that business. You're never going to be like Google. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some of these businesses scare me because you're right. They don't have that human element and they just, um, right. they don't care. You know, it's like. Google's motto used to be don't be evil. Then they changed it. I'm like, why'd you have to change that? Just keep it. <laughs> that was that was a red flag, red flag. Yeah. <laughs> um, so in terms of uh, exiting our business, whether let's just frame it as Amazon merch business, like what sure. are the high level steps that somebody may take who's interested in, or let's just say even getting a quote like for their business. <laughs> Is that something you guys do? Yeah, absolutely. So uh bit self promo but if they go to empireflippers.com slash valuation tool or just type in like empire flippers valuation tool in google uh we have a free tool it uses a real sales back data so you can enter in i we have a merch by amazon category i'm pretty sure on there uh and that will use the real sales data from other merch businesses we sold and you can get a valuation in 
it's quick as like five minutes to be honest it's really fast it's nice. automated obviously so it's not perfect like it's going to be a much wider estimation that might be a little bit too high or a little bit too low from reality but for an automated tool it will give you a really good ballpark of what you might be worth um in terms of stuff to do like the first step in my view and is probably the most tedious step is getting your books in order so your bookkeeping and when I say that, I don't mean you should do it because most entrepreneurs are similar to me where we're highly creative, which means we're really bad at bookkeeping. <laughs> so, but it's better usually to hire an actual bookkeeper and one that specializes in your business model. Now, Merch and Pod, they're a little bit more niche. So you probably won't find an accountant specifically who specializes in that as easily. Maybe they are out there. I'm sure there's someone out there. But even getting just like an e-commerce accountant to help you is a huge boon. And you want to make sure your books are not in uh, what, what is commonly referred to as cash basis accounting. Super, super common to use cash basis. And you want to sell yeah. a business, you want to move over to accrual. And just that alone can be worth extra hundreds of thousands of dollars in terms of your evaluation, depending on your size. Okay. Like if you're a six-figure business, it could be the difference of tens of thousands of dollars just by doing that one thing alone. So very very much worth it cool that's really interesting yeah and i actually while you were talking i remembered that i had actually like gotten a quote for this website that i built in college that ended up like doing really well in terms of uh traffic uh this is over 10 years ago but I, I got a quote for it maybe in like 20 maybe 17 or 18 while i was still working mm. my day job i spent like the whole day while i was at work just like working on getting a quote from empire flippers <laughs> and um <laughs> Like it was a good quote, but I was like, man, like, I just don't know if I'm ready to part ways with this thing. I've had it for, it's been my baby and it still makes like decent money even to this day, even though Google AdSense uh, recently decided that, you know, it has like alcohol on the website and they were like, oh, alcohol is not mm. a category we like. So just destroyed <laughs> my ad revenue, but it's been great just as a function of the traffic it gets for um, direct ads, you know, direct backlinks, you know what I mean? That alone. Mm. Um so that was just interesting aside there. Uh, in terms of I, anything else on like selling a business that you want to share? Because I yeah, want to ask yeah. you about buying businesses as well before we wrap up. Sure. So uh, real quick on what you just said there. And I th what you said is actually something I talk about or I try to talk about often. Like people want to know, like, give me the nuts and bolts of selling a business, which I can do. Uh, they're mostly pretty common sense. But what you just said there is the actual like real mindset block sometimes that stops us. Like, Oh, I don't know if I'm ready to sell this business. It's my baby. It's my. It's often your first one. So this is a thing nice. I call uh, emotional equity. Uh, so emotional equity is where this business, like it may not be the one that changed your life completely, but it added a, a huge amount of value to your life, and it's often your first, your first love, and so to speak, of your of entrepreneurship. And so when you go to sell it, like. The most common issue is you way overvalue it and like no one's ever going to buy it because your emotional equity is adding to the valuation. It doesn't make sense. But the other thing that stops people on this with, with the emotional equity, especially is timing in the market. They always think like, should I sell now or should I sell later? Like when's the best time to sell? Is it August 13th, like next year at 2 p.m.? Is that when I sell? Like These is like ultra weirdly specific questions, right? And I always tell people, you should never time the market. And if you're confused, like if you don't know if you should sell or not, like you're unsure, ask yourself the question, if I sold my business, does this get me realistically closer to either my personal or business goals, right? Like if my personal goal is to pay off my house as $250,000 and I have a business that's like say $450,000, 
and that's my primary goal, I should definitely sell my business because I'm still going to have money left over, all that kind of stuff. It gives me mm-hmm. physically extremely closer to or does accomplish my goals. So I always tell people to sell your business by timing your goals, not timing in the market, which is a very different way to look at it. You know, uh, I like that though. Uh, it, yeah, it, it, like there's I examples. Thing, I have man. a friend. I didn't need what, the money that? at the time. I didn't. I didn't need the money at yeah, the time. Too. Exactly. So that was like exactly. uh, that was really. I was like, I don't. If I got this money in my bank account, like it's not going to change anything right now. So I'd right. rather just have the business. That, that's exactly right, and that so you made the right choice. Uh, like I have a friend; he has a, a a multiple seven figure business, and he always thinks about selling. And I told him like you definitely should because you're in a very risky market with like you know mono traffic with Google, all that kind of stuff, and Amazon affiliate. And Amazon cuts affiliates all the time. Yeah. Uh, but I, then I'd ask him, you know, we have a beer or whatever. Like, what what would you do with the money? He's like, well, I don't know. Like, okay, well then you shouldn't sell. <laughs> like, if you have no goal of what you're doing it for. You probably shouldn't sell because uh, uh, another common thing that people don't realize is when uh, entrepreneur sells their business, they're happy for like 10 minutes. Like I, I've given out million dollar checks to entrepreneurs that have sold businesses before and they're like over the moon. And then like 10 minutes later, they're like super depressed, listless. They don't know what to do with themselves. It's because they never had a plan, right? If you, yeah. if you're, you're, should always be uh growing right if you ever hit all your goals then there's no tomorrow and that we're creatures of the future so that's not fun so you should always have bigger and bigger goals that you should be doing so that's just like some mindset stuff in selling your business no thanks for sharing that though that's great man i you know where my my brain goes like to like how much apple stock could i buy you know the apple's basically the (laughs) stock market today apple and microsoft how much apple stock could i buy because i forget who it was that framed this this way but he was like Someone was just sharing like how rich people think. And they're like, rich people, they want to know how many shares of Apple do I need to buy to make a million dollars a year from dividends, you know? And like that number of Apple shares has gone up and up and up and up and up. So you're getting the appreciation of the shares. Plus you're still collecting the dividends, (laughs) which can go up too. And um, I just thought like, man, that's like an interesting way of putting it, you know? Because that's like, you're getting the, you know, generally speaking, the stock market tends to appreciate with like relative to inflation, you know, relative to the devaluing of the U.S. dollar by central banks. And then you also get the dividend on top of that, which you can, you know, pay your taxes on and then spend. And that's, it's just an interesting way of putting it. Like I might be a crazy person that sells a business for a big forward multiple, takes the entire amount and then just dumps it into like Apple stock just so that I could get that nice little <laughs> dividend in my. I, I wouldn't recommend it. I wouldn't recommend it, but I get where you're coming from on it. You know, uh, I, I have uh, friends, they do the, uh, they're, they're attempting to do the, uh, what's it called? Borrow, borrow and then die or something like that. Borrow and die, I think it's called. Where basically you just have like this huge amount of money in index funds and then you take out uh, personal loans. Uh, to yourself and because it's always appreciating you never actually have to pay back the loan so you but you, you have, to have a big pile of money to do it yeah Isn't that's that basically a of, what a lot, a lot of rich people do. do yeah take loans yeah, against their like, like equity credit exactly yeah uh, and the banks will give you like one two percent loans because you're so you're so wealthy most yeah. people don't have enough money to do it but that that's a uh, how the, like the ultra wealthy like basically never pay taxes like legally for the most part by just never selling anything. They just take out yeah. credit, credit lines. Yeah, it must be nice. <laughs> one, maybe one it, day, right? I, I assume it's very nice. <laughs> I wouldn't <Yeah>. know. <laughs> so I had had somebody in the past um, book a one-on-one call with me. I do take some one-on-one calls and they basically just wanted to know, like they, they used empire flippers. They showed me a couple listings. And they said, what do you think? Like, I want to potentially buy this business. 
because uh, they were one of those types of people that isn't like necessarily and I'm not to their credit I think it's probably better they're like taking a more like one level up macro view mm-hmm. and they had the the capital and they, mm-hmm. they were just acquiring businesses basically and they said what about this like merch account right here do you think I should buy it and you know of course I ask them all the questions and whatnot but uh what what about anybody watching who is thinking about acquiring other businesses anything you can um you know recommend to them or speak to any previous experience yeah, sure. that might be relevant uh, so if you're brand new to buying a business, and it, it, this goes whether you have business uh, skills or not in the, in the model you're looking at, uh, the first thing I would suggest, if you've never done it before, you should absolutely use a broker. And that's not just me being like self-promotional. Like, look, you're not going to get as good of a deal by using us versus going private or potentially. But when you go private, there's a very high chance you buy something that's very bad because <laughs> it's not vetted, right? And you don't know what to look for yet. So you want to give yourself at least some chops of knowledge of how this process works before you go out there swinging like in the private market. Uh, so that's the first thing. The second thing I say, like, depending on your budget, like, let's say you had $300,000 to spend. Uh, I would recommend splitting that into thirds. So I have a 100K bucket each. And only buy a business up to, say, 100K. And the reason why is because, again, the first time you make a, a purchase, even if you use a broker like us, and we're extremely friendly both to the buyer and the seller side because we want everyone to win. But even if you use us, there is a high chance you are going to make a mistake. And back to earlier what I said about the companies are growing at all costs who give themselves no room for flexibility. If you took your entire 300K and bought a business that went bad, well, you just did the same thing, right? You have no flexibility. You have no ability to react to the mistake that you that you actually made, right? So by doing this, you know, it sets you up in a, such a way where you can buy at least three businesses. So second business, you might make some mistakes too. But by the third time, especially if you're staying, uh, staying with the same business model, so you're learning from just the exact same business model, let's say affiliate sites or print on demand, whatever, over and over again, you're going to get much, much better by the time you get to the third site uh, or the third business that you buy. So that's one thing I recommend. Another thing I recommend is have, uh, so you have your acquisition capital and you have your working capital. So acquisition capital, like 100K to buy a business, I would recommend having 10 to 20% in working capital saved on the side as well. Um, So that is just capital used for growing the business, uh, changing anything up you need. Or if you don't want to use it yet, you just want to use the profits from the business to grow the business, that's fine. But then again, if something bad happens, say an update that you need to hire an expert to help you on, you can rely on that working capital and it makes your life way less stressful. Like you might be thinking like, ah, well, it's not growing. This money's just in my bank, losing to inflation or whatever. But trust me, you will be very happy on the oh shit day that you have this fund to like go back mm-hmm. into it. It takes away so much stress because it just gives you options. So that's some stuff I would recommend. Stick to the same business model. Be conservative. Go into it knowing you're going to make a mistake and prepare for the fact that you most likely will make mistakes. Awesome, man. Really valuable insights, Gregory. and. Uh... Thank you for your time. Like, I guess I'm ready. Like you've answered a ton of my questions. You piqued my interest. Uh, I'm going to obviously drop a link to empire flippers right there at the top of the description, but anything else you want to share, like any knowledge you want to impart on us before you leave? (laughs) Uh, Oh, thanks for having me. I enjoyed the conversation. I hope the audience got a lot of value. Uh, I'm usually pretty easy to get a hold of. So if someone wants to like ask me specific questions, you can add me on LinkedIn. It's just, uh, I think my URL is like linkedin.com slash Greg the writer. I write a lot. Um, so I'm happy to answer questions or just Greg at empireflippers.com. 
but yeah, uh, nothing else. I, I enjoyed it. And uh, in general, I enjoy helping entrepreneurs with this type of stuff. So hopefully they got value out of it. Yeah, I know I did, man. I appreciate it. I'll drop your um, contact info in the description as well. Uh, thanks for being here, man. And uh, yeah, thanks for yeah, thanks for all the knowledge you shared. No problem. Thanks for having me. Thank you.